Hello and welcome to On Mission, a podcast by the Catholic Apostolate Center. My name is Kate Fowler and I am joined by Father Frank Donio and Chris Pierno, and we will be continuing our exploration of fatherhood during the year of St. Joseph tonight with Tony Mazio. Tonight, we're going to be discussing specifically teenagers and young adults, something Tony knows a little bit about. And Tony and Father Frank have known each other for a long time. Father, when when did you first meet Tony? I, I guess it was, what, sixth grade, Tony? Was that? I, I think so. Yeah. And uh, it, it was uh, over over the time of middle school, uh, late middle school particularly, we, we became friends. And then over, over the time of high school. And that uh, that continued after Tony went to the Naval Academy, and I was in. I went into seminary. He went to the Naval Academy, and I was thirty minutes away from Annapolis. And he could he could only go like outside of a certain radius of Annapolis. So every once in a while, I would go down and 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 visit uh, during his first year there, and and then you know maybe talk about a little bit bit more about yourself, Tony, and and some of some of your background, and and also maybe we'll we'll get into the faith part a little little bit later, but maybe to take uh, get to give our listeners a sense of, of who you are, and we're really happy to have you. Sure. Well, thank you, Father Frank, for having me, and it's nice to, to be with everybody this evening. You mentioned my Naval Academy time, so I'll start there. I, I, I went to the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis, and I became an officer. I commissioned as an ensign after four years there, and I spent the next 23 years as a Navy officer, first as a surface officer on ships, and then the Navy sent me to law school under their law education program with the Florida State for three years, commissioned as a, as a Navy judge advocate attorney, and served the next 17 years in that way. I'm married to my wife, Julie, uh, for 26 years or so now. You married us. You can probably help me with the date. Yeah. It, uh, it, <laughs> it was a year after I was ordained, and it was, and it was in the Naval Academy Chapel. It was an amazing wedding. It was really, <laughs> really great. Wow. Julie and I have four kids. Uh, we've got a 24, almost 24-year-old Jessica, who is uh, an ensign in the Navy. Uh, she also went to the Naval Academy. We have a son, Luke, who's a senior at James Madison University, a daughter, Jenna, who is uh, a sophomore at uh, Jacksonville University in the Navy Nurse Corps ROTC program. And our youngest is still at home as a senior in high school, Josephine, for Josie. And you and Julie uh, met in the Navy, right? We did. We were both stationed in Hawaii. And uh, I had gotten out there in the early 90s, and she had been there for a couple of years and fell into the same friend group and got engaged and got married while I was in law school. Yeah, that's a, and, and it's a amazing, you know, the, over the years, you've been, you've been stationed various places over the years. We have. We've had a, we had a great Navy career. I, uh, I was stationed in Newport, Rhode Island for my first tour on a, a mine countermeasures vessel. I went to a second tour in San Francisco area on a nuclear cruiser, went to be an admiral's aide out in Hawaii, and that's where Julie and I met. And then I went to law school for three years, came here to Norfolk, Virginia for the next six or so years in three different jobs, and DC, Naples, Italy for three years, and then finally back here to Norfolk where I retired uh, after three more years and uh, joined a law firm where I currently practice uh, construction and government contracts law, working with the Navy still a lot. Yeah, I remember when, when I, one of the times I came down to visit and you were on the, uh, the carrier, uh, Harry S. Truman as the, the uh, JAG for the, for the Admiral. And, and that was an amazing, what an amazing ship and an amazing experience just to have the opportunity to just go and, and tour that, the, that, that vessel. It's huge. Well, it was great to have you out there. 
What, you know, uh, so you, you know, you grew up, we, we grew up in the same small town, a little town called Hamilton in, in uh, southern New Jersey. We both left, you know, the at Blueberry 18, capital of the world. The, yes, very good. Blueberry capital of the world. Our listeners may remember that. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> so we, you know, uh, we both left at 18 years old. I, I entered the, the seminary. You went into the Navy. Um, I came to the Palatines and and so, you know, your experience with, with that still, of course, family uh, back back there, but also there was a, a faith piece of this that that developed uh, as well as you were growing up. I mean, and then beyond. I mean, what's that? What's that piece been like in your life? Well, the faith piece has always been a, a strong aspect of, of my life individually and uh, and my married life. Uh, Julie, as you know, was also she's the youngest of eight kids and raised in, in a very strong Catholic family. I think. All seven, all seven of her brothers and sisters like her serve as Eucharistic ministers. And so our faith has always been important to us. And it's one of the things that brought us together while, when we were young and when we met and has strengthened us throughout our marriage. Uh, and also, uh, obviously, in, the, in our raising of our children. She still serves as an eighth grade um, math teacher in a, in a, in a Catholic school, St. Gregory the Great Catholic School. Our kids all went through that school and then Catholic high school in Virginia Beach. I'm a fourth degree knight. So it's, uh, it's always been a, an important part of our life. So I, I don't want to, I'll jump in here with a question as somebody who in, in, in many ways uh, is obviously very different from Tony's situation in terms of the age of his kids. But even in my mind now, I still kind of think about this. Like, I mean, Tony, what, what are some of the things that maybe you and your wife have thought about in terms of the, you know, was it, important to you that your kids got an education that was grounded in in faith you know tell us a little bit about those decisions you know because obviously unfortunately you know catholic education is a cost right and so there's a decision that has to be made could you talk a little bit about you know why that was important to you guys sure we definitely considered that uh, even before we had kids i think we got married and a couple years later i finished law school we moved here to Virginia Beach for our first tour as a JAG, and we bought a home knowing that we weren't going to send our kids. We, we, she was pregnant with our first child, Jessica, at the time, and we already knew we were going to send our kids to St. Gregory's, which was co-located with the church we went to. And the reason for that, you know, she and I both went through Catholic education as, as uh, in our formative years. I went through fifth grade, and then I moved to the school where I met Father Frank. But it was important to us to to give them that grounding that, and it's a sacrifice certainly. But I think you know the more I've learned, Catholic education is available to those who desire it. The sacrifice is certainly can be made, but the schools work with you as well. And and I I work with our with our local Catholic high school here. I'm on the board of advisors, and and I know that we do everything we can to make it available to those who otherwise couldn't afford it. But I mean, you would agree too, though, that is, you know, it's a conscious decision, right? You know, that you have to make it. It's, it's, it's something that even, you know, my, that we, my wife and I are thinking about at whatever, 19, 20 months or whatever, whatever he is, you know, it's like, oh, gee, uh, at some point we're going to have to think, you know, what, where are we, where is he going to go? And what's the, you know, what, what, what are we going to prioritize? And, you know, I think it's important. I think you bring up a really good point, you know, to the listeners that it is a decision that I think parents have to make. And, you know, I don't think there's a right or a wrong decision, but I think the important thing is, especially, you know, what I hear from you, Tony, is that faith has to be an aspect, you know, in education. And if you can make those sacrifices to, you know, to, to give them the opportunity to do that, you know, 
that's a that's something that parents have to make that decision about. Yeah, I just think that's an important thing to, to bring up. Absolutely, I agree. And and we we gave our kids, uh, you know, when we when we brought them into St. Gregory's, we that was intentional. We we discussed it and we and we intended to do so. They got older to the high school level. There are so many great schools here in the Virginia Beach area at the high school level that we gave them the the option and they explored their 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 options and all four of our kids ended up electing to go to Bishop Sullivan Catholic High School which which thrilled me but it was not something that at that point that we were I felt it was more important for their formative years than it was in the high school years although as as I'm sure we'll discuss later those years can be complex and 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 certainly the the grounding in faith is important yeah, I think, you know, we've discussed fatherhood a lot and explored it. We have a special blog series this year for the year of St. Joseph. We've talked to godfathers, priests, young fathers, new fathers. So it's really um, refreshing to have someone that has had so much experience with raising children. You know, I have also two two little ones at home that are five and three. We're expecting our third. And I think right now we're just trying to survive and, you know, keep everybody alive. And that's like the main goal. But I'd love to just hear your perspective on how, you know, you've you have survived all of that. And not only that, but you've survived the teenage years, the high school years, and your youngest is a senior now. So you have helped raise young adults that are making their own decisions and out in the world, not necessarily under your roof anymore in the same way that they were. So can you just share a little bit about how your perspective maybe on fatherhood has changed since those early days or or kind of just, you know, seeing the whole process or much more of the process than either Chris or I have seen, at least we're still very much in the beginning. Can you just share some reflections on that and what it's been like for you? Sure, Kate. Thank you. I know that you've uh, previously discussed raising younger children. I did some homework in preparation, so I listened to the earlier podcasts. And, you know, teens and young adults are just the next step in that same continuum. Uh, I think it comes down to establishing a family culture and setting the best personal example you can. And and I think that it becomes more important as the kid ages. You know, Julie and I have talked about it. I, I think of it like one of those reality TV cooking shows. Have you ever watched those? You know, you've got a set amount of time to create an amazing meal out of these, these random ingredients that you've been dealt. You've got 18 years or so from the time you get these raw ingredients in your hands. And it's a race now to form and perfect them. Then the, the master chef sounds the buzzer and says, hands off. And you hope and you pray that you've done enough to meet the test at that point. Uh, you know, what's that final product? I, I've always told our kids that it's not my job to make them this or that. It's, it's our mission to help them become good people. And that's all I want them to be, to inspire them to, to make the most of the God-given talents that they have and, and to be what God wants them to be. And they always require a little more salt, I find, you know, right? And they're, they're, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> When you, uh, you know, it's you, uh, I've had the, the real privilege over the years to kind of pop in and visit over the since your third child, Jenna, is my goddaughter, and, and she's now a sophomore in college, which kind of blows my mind that she's a sophomore in college. 
And, you know, had I, I was talking with her over the summer, it was around her birthday, and I was really talking to this adult. And I remember visiting your, your daughter, Jessica, at the Naval Academy when she was in her first year there. And again, I was having this conversation with an adult and, and you just you see these this this kind of growth. And when you when you're more episodically there it, or your visits are more episodic, there's just this beautiful thing that you start to see of, of the this development, not only of a personality, but a, this person and who they're becoming and maturing and also growing also in faith because your your children are also, you know, very much people of faith from at least my experience of them. And and that's something that just doesn't happen. You know, so what what was that like trying to assist them in that piece of their of their growth in life? Well, again, Father Frank, I think it comes back to setting that personal example and 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 establishing faith in your life from the, from day one, and, and more so my wife than me. She is, uh, I, I freely admit, she's she's a better Catholic than I am. She's more prayerful. She's more reverent. But placing an importance on attendance at Mass is where it started for us. I may not have always gone every Sunday when I was younger, but you know, once I had kids, I realized now we have to be there. We have to set that example for them in during these years. And we, as I mentioned earlier, we lived in Italy for three years and the kids were ages, oldest was eight to 11 those three years and the youngest was two to five. And they swam for the Naples Tiger Shark swim team. And so we'd have swim meets in Rota, Spain or Garmisch, Germany or all these other places across Europe. And so on a Sunday evening, we'd find ourselves, okay, where are we going to go to mass and what language are they going to speak? So we would traipse uh, across, we'd Get the kids in a line. We traipsed across, uh, you know, mile or two, sometimes uh, across town, to find the local Catholic church. That sense of, of familiarity was always there, and the, and the kids knew that you know, just because we're away in a foreign country on a swim meet, we're still going to mass on Sunday. And I think that that has resonated with them throughout their lives. That set a foundation that they still make that effort, and they know that today it's expected. And there's a gradual transition over time. I think that, you know, I know that they're college students and they're not going to make it to mass every Sunday. Two of them are over 21. They might be hungover. They might be whatever. But they, I was afraid always of pushing them a little too much. And I didn't want to push so hard that I pushed them away and made them rebel. And Julie had a different approach. She pushed hard. And I think between the two of us, our mix worked well. Uh, the kids have free will, and especially as they age and as they get through high school, and even more so when they're not under your roof anymore. And it's hard today. Uh, so the, the the challenges of raising a young child and and then raising a high schooler and young adult, uh, and and you know I still feel I'm raising Jessica. She's 24, but she still calls and looks for advice, and it's more as a friend now. It's not just as a as a directive. It's we have a relationship that's that's matured over the years and, and it's it's more akin to a friendship. Yeah, I was gonna ask about that. You know, now that they're older, you know, you've you've formed them, like you said, you you set that family culture, you set the example with your wife, and you lived your faith and modeled that for your children as best you could when they were growing up. And now that they're adults, what do you see apart from, you know, being the person that they can go to for advice? How do you see the role of fatherhood just now? 
do you see yourself primarily as a person that prays for them or that will always be there for them? Or what would you say it's going to maybe look like down the road? Well, there is a gradual transition over time. It goes from being this person like Chris is now that the child looks up to this daddy can do anything. Uh, And then at some point they look at you and they say, daddy can't do anything. He doesn't know anything. And (laughs) then suddenly a, a light switch goes off in their head and they start to confide in you and they start to ask advice and life questions. And it transitions, like I said, to more aspects of friendship while still retaining uh, uh, many of the aspects of that earlier relationship. And that transition's hard. You know, difficult questions of morality and integrity and fairness and compassion. As an example, a private moment here, my daughter recently, uh, as an officer on a ship, had one of her sailors take his own life. And she was, and she was devastated. And she called me to talk about it. And I told, I, I couldn't make it better. I couldn't do the things that a dad does to, to make all the pain go away. But what I did do is I, I told her, I shared, you know, when I was a young officer on a ship, one of the sailors that worked for me had the same thing happened. And we shared that common experience, uh, however unfortunate it was for both of us and however painful. But, you know, sharing that helped to soothe the wound some for her, I think. But just, just seeing the kids, you know, the, these kids are, uh, the, the love of a father for his child is unlike anything else in the world. And, uh, you know, we know that from God the Father. And on earth, our love for our children is, is immense. And uh, to see them, the joy of seeing them gravitate toward friends who are, who are also Catholics and to attend Mass together and take their own comfort in the familiarity of, uh, of that during times of uncertainty is, is very rewarding. It definitely changes over time. You want to do everything you can to protect and comfort, uh, knowing that's not always possible and understanding that the kids do have that free will. So this is a, a good transition. You know, one of the questions that I have is, you know, has there been anything that you have learned from your kids that maybe you didn't expect to, you know, to have learned from them over the period of time through their upbringing or maybe even now as you've transitioned to the friend model as opposed to the daddy can do anything model? You know, Chris, I think, I don't know that I've learned from them necessarily, but it it made me reflect, I think, and, and I learned from the experience, you know, the spiritual impact of, of a, being a father. At some point, it became necessary for me to take a hard look at myself, to realize that as the kids age, you know, from being the 19 month like yours is, to as they get older, they're not impressed by one whose actions don't support their words. And that first became obvious to me, not in a spiritual sense, but, you know, driving in my car. I recognized as, uh, as the kids got into their mid-teen years, probably, that you know, in just a couple years, 16 years old here, in, or 15 and a half, they get their driver's permit here. And I realized that uh, as they were approaching that age, they, they, they were watching me more closely. Uh, and they'd begin driving themselves in a short time. And so my behaviors became important. And I realized that uh, later, you know, my spiritual life is the same. I need to, to myself walk that walk that I'm urging them to walk. And it comes back, uh, as I said earlier, setting that personal example just as when they were young, but probably with a more critical eye toward execution. What does it look like uh, to to have, you know, I, I find sometimes it's, it's challenging with, with family members to have 
conversation, except for maybe my mother, to have conversations about faith and particularly with the younger ones in, in my family. And that may sound strange, particularly as a priest, but you, you don't want to be, I don't want to come across as heavy handed and and so forth. And and where do you see that as they've moved into adulthood or, or are moving there? Well, I think, again, it's about creating opportunities for them. You know, I, I mentioned Italy and, and our, our, our opportunity in Italy was, was, was really formational. It came at a great time in their lives. They were, they were young and you know, we spent a lot of time in Rome and in the great cathedrals and churches across Europe. Assisi was, still is a special place for us. Uh, just the peace we felt there and the experiences we had. And, and those trips uh, all across Europe gave us a chance for a lot of conversation. But I think it's not being heavy-handed, but giving them opportunities. We've focused a lot on service, both through our military service that four of us, my, my wife and I, and two of our daughters already, and probably my third, have already pursued, but service uh, in our community as well. We volunteer as a family. Uh, I knew the kids were growing up. You know, I, I, was, I was a lawyer. I was a, na- a naval officer and a, a retiree. The kids uh, grew up somewhat privileged, and, and, and I was always concerned what adverse impacts that might bring. But they grew up because of our service and our insistence on helping those less fortunate. They recognized their blessings, and you know, they worked at the food pantry. They worked in the soup kitchen. They helped at my Knights of Columbus events, clean and decorated holiday time in the Samaritan House Women's Shelter, and worked at Special Olympics. They understood the importance of that. And also, we surrounded ourselves with, with good people. We surrounded ourselves with friends, mostly from our church. And the friend groups gravitate toward families with similar beliefs. We, we have friends who are 10 years ahead of us who uh, you've met, Father Frank, who have kids who are 10 years ahead of ours. And we've always called that our 10-year plan. We, we look up to them and saw how they raised theirs and, and how successful they were in fostering the, these beliefs in, in, in their kids. And we tried to echo that. And I saw that cl- close up. You were deployed and I, I was coming through Italy and had uh, on my way to India and was stayed Christmas with Julie and the kids. And, and the, those, those friends you mentioned, I mean, and, and also the faith community, you know, on, on, the, on the base there to be there at Christmas time with the community. And also one of the things that you, you reminded me of and, and which I've, I've thought about a number of times over the years was like giving First Holy Communion to Luke in the, in the church of, which is very important to the Palatines of Santissima Salvatore Ananda, where St. Vincent Pilati's tomb is. And, you know, what an amazing experience. That was Pentecost. And, and I, I just remember all, all these, these friends who came, you know, from, and, and that you've maintained relationships with and that, that, that those friendships really came across to me as, as very life-giving in, in terms of also spiritual life that surrounding. So really, I've seen, I saw that close up. And I think that that's what I've seen with a number of families, younger families, as they, if they start to do that, uh, I've seen that happen with, with Chris and with Kate, with their, uh, that they've also surrounded themselves with people of faith and, and good people. And that's also helped in the raising of children and giving example. Absolutely. The military does that. Uh, it, it fosters that in us, especially when you're thrown together overseas. But, we, but we've managed to do that here in Virginia as well. We, we again, gravitated toward other families who f- have the same values and, and feel the same way and have the same faith. And it, it's made all the difference. 
So Tony, what are some of the challenges that you have faced throughout raising children, maybe specifically young adults and teenagers? Well, Kate, I think the challenges today are, are, are far greater than than when I my, and Father Frank and I were were teenagers. Certainly, the you know the kids today, it's just everything is it's so difficult. There's the internet, TV, music, movies, social media, technology, phones and computers. Just the the whole shifting culture of society and and how to deal with that is is very it, it, you don't recognize that until the kids get older and start to get exposed and and there's nothing you can do to prevent the exposure, but you've got to communicate with them. You've got to maintain the things that worked as when they were younger, the, the family culture, setting standards in the home, respect, modesty, sibling relationships, and treating each other lovingly. Uh, and, and that comes also from you know, being an authentic example. Live that example and in, include God in your daily life. Pray together before meals and at night. So all those things, uh, but the, the challenges are real. And, and as I said, we were, we were fortunate to be able to send the kids to, to Catholic school. And, uh, and the peer pressure, even there, is real. But we surrounded them with other kids whose, whose parents we knew were involved in their education and their faith. Kids watched me serve on the Catholic High Board of Advisors, and they watched their mother teach in a Catholic school. And the opportunities we created for them, both the service opportunities I mentioned and others as well. Things like we sent Jenna on what was really a transformational mission trip to Haiti with Haiti 180. The kids all through their school attended March for Life in in Washington, D.C. They all went to work camp. Some of them went to youth group. But the relationship with each of them is is different and they have different needs and different personalities. They're they're motivated in different ways. But the the challenges are are certainly steep and, and they're hard to confront and overcome. What would you say are some of the joys then as well? Oh, the joys, Father Frank, you know, as I said, fatherhood's, uh, this, this love for this creation is beyond anything that, that you can know until that point. You, wanting everything and wanting to protect and comfort them. And Father Frank, I think the joys are, are immense. Uh, there, there's nothing like being a father to this, to this creation, seeing what they do with their lives, wanting to protect and comfort them and, and wanting everything for them more than you had. But I, I think the biggest joys have been watching their relationships with each other and with other people and being so proud of how they interact with others and their maturity and their their prayerfulness, their own spiritual development uh, as good people, which again was what I felt that was really our mission, was to make them good people. And I think that uh, watching them now gravitate toward others of similar beliefs and values uh, has has been very rewarding. I, I can certainly attest to the beautiful way in which you and, and Julie uh, have raised your children and the, the wonderful adults that they have become and are becoming. And I really want to thank you and we want to thank you for taking the time to share and and to share some, not only uh, some of your thoughts, but also some wonderful stories and and some intimate ones as well uh, of your family, giving us some a window into your family life and and what that looks like and and your way of being a, a father and know that our prayers are are very much with you and with Julie and with your children. And we 
We ask the intercession of of St. Joseph to especially be with you in this year of St. Joseph and beyond. And we grew up in a a parish that was called St. Joseph. So uh, it's uh, a wonderful, and even the Catholic school that you went to was was called St. Joseph. So we ask him to, to be with you as you continue living the faith, but also being a father and and husband and also being a witness of Christ in, in the world. So thank you very much. Thank you, Father Frank, and thank you, Kate and Chris. I, I've enjoyed my time with you today and uh, hope that your listeners can gain some knowledge from, from the experiences that I've had over these years. I, I appreciate it. This wraps up another episode of On Mission by the Catholic Apostolate Center. Be sure to like, review, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can find this and other Center podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, CatholicApostolateCenter.org, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you. Thank you.